welcome to another edition of We're Not As Dumb As We Think For Our Podcast. As you know, my name is Aaron Peer. I'm Bill Thomas. And we are excited to give you another edition of our podcast. So last week, we mixed it up and put the stupid question at the end. I guess last week's question wasn't stupid, but it was just had nothing to do with the topic. But this week, we're going to put it at the front. And maybe we'll have some nonsense at the end, too. But so, Bill, here is my question for you. I, I am excited to answer tonight. And I just changed the question. I had it. I might do both, but here's my question. Is butter a condiment? Is butter a condiment? I had to kind of practice questions so I get my answer. Uh, I mean, I, this is a really thought-provoking question people people think about. It's not. I, I, I won't go into a long uh, soliloquy about that. Um, I'm just going to say, yes, it is. It is. It's something that you put on uh, food that you're eating, which would be like ketchup or like um, salt. Is salt a condiment? Salt's a seasoning. Well, I guess so. But what was it? I guess a condiment, as I'm defining it, is what you put on your food. Oh, well, I put food on my food. So I guess everything's a condiment. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, yeah. I'm going to say yeah. yes, even though I feel like it's a weak yeah. yes. <laughs> you don't really have a reason why. So the the first question I did think about, though, was if you only could have one condiment for the rest of your life, what would it be? Like, this is the only thing you put on sandwiches or, you know, mm. dip in with your fried foods. Mm. Well, that's a tough one because I, I would have a tough choice uh, between two. Mm. But um, I usually have this particular condiment. Uh, well, I have one for like chicken nuggets and then I have like one for like hot dogs and things, hamburgers. Uh-huh. But uh, I am going to choose what I always choose in the uh, in the condiment race at the ball game. I am going to choose mustard. Mustard, okay. okay. I've I always would say ketchup because ketchup is my favorite condiment. But I've heard other people. But not every ketchup is your favorite. Well, Heinz, it's got to be Heinz ketchup. Um, but I've heard people answer this question with ranch because ranch is versatile. Like you can put it on so many things, where ketchup can be limited in a sense. Like you wouldn't put ketchup on a salad. Like that was one thing I was like, yeah, I, I guess, but it's gotta be ketchup. So condiment, um, is a condiment and you choose must. I think so. Pardon? You gotta listen when I talk. I said, so you said butter is a condiment and you would choose ketchup or no mustard. Oh, no, I would choose mustard. That's why I was stunned by that. You would choose ketchup. I chose ketchup. All right. So, Today's topic of conversation is centered around the Bible, which a lot of our conversations are, but this one specifically is around (laughs) the Bible. And that question we want to talk about tonight or today or this morning, whenever you're listening to this podcast is, what role does the Bible play in the life of a believer? So as a follower of Jesus, we're not really going to hit on, maybe we will, but not hit on like just someone who doesn't follow Jesus. What, What role should the Bible play? We want to talk specifically as followers of Jesus. So Bill, I'm going to start off for you with this question. Okay. How often do you read the Bible? Hmm. Uh, well, I mean, I don't want to sound in a, in a bad way, but I, I do read uh, some scripture every day. 
So that sounded really um, bad. I'm sorry for all you listeners to hear well, that. You gotta. I mean, I don't want to sound like that guy, I but I do read some. I read some scripture every day. In okay. um, in the, the jobs we do, and you're doing the same kind of job I'm in. I mean, you read the Bible for work sometimes, but I don't like that counting for that. Yeah. So I do try to read. I do try to read uh, some scripture a day, and for the classes, I always have a devotional thought first five minutes of class. So I've been reading James uh, for that, this particular session. So today I talked about the end of James chapter one, but I, I try to do two or three verses with them in class. Um, that's not sermon prep work necessarily. That's not um, classwork, but it's just um, for my own edification. I don't read, I don't read more than two or three verses at a time, maybe, maybe five or six a day. Sometimes I don't, yeah, occasionally, but not every day. Do I go into long readings? Uh-huh. What about you? How about me? I would say yep. it's probably around five or six times a week that I spend time reading scripture. Uh, Saturdays are always the weirdest day for me because it's not routine, but Sunday through Friday are pretty routine for me as my getting up things. And I, for a while I tried to read at least a chapter a day from the Bible, but recently I was reading through the book of Luke and I kind of just started breaking it down more. Cause there's just Luke has really long chapters and then there's just so much going on in the gospels a lot of the time. So I was like, this is better just to read a section at a time um, as opposed to trying to read a whole chapter. Cause I, I have read through the whole Bible at least once in my life and I've read parts of it tons of times and so i had like the goal last year to try to read the bible through a year but i didn't i didn't make it and i was okay i knew that like february it wasn't going to happen which i was okay with i just didn't want to just like read the bible just to read the bible i wanted to read it for purposes of mm-hmm. gaining knowledge and wisdom and stuff too so so yeah that's how often i read the bible well that's that's good and i i I think however often people are reading is positive. I just did a little three week series on the, uh, called the last word at our, the church where I'm at now, Higby Baptist. And, um, I challenged our people there in the month of January to read the gospel of John, mm-hmm. just to read the gospel of John, not any particular amount each day, but just read it and to see, um, if January 1st, the Jan- cause January 1st was a Sunday, January 1st to the end of the month. Um, what their view of Jesus and what their view of their relationship with Jesus was and had it changed. Um, so I, I would encourage anybody, if, if you're not reading as much as, as that, um, everybody starts by reading the first time. So just start. But I think that's important. Why, I, I hear a lot of people talk about that. It, it's hard to get into the Bible and it's hard to make that a daily part of your life. How did you do that? How did you develop the discipline, if I can use that word, of being faithful reading five, six times a week? That's that's quite a bit. How do you how do you do that? Well, I think, I mean, I I have ADHD. I get distracted easily, and I have to uh, fight off distractions. But really, I mean, it's not too complicated. It's just you got to pick a time and stick to it, and you got to pick a time that's actually going to work, like. For me, I wake up early and I have my time to myself before I go and work out and then go to work. 
I just do it early in the morning. Um, but it wasn't always like that, you know, like I try to do it tonight before I go to bed or do it other times. I remember early on in ministry, I tried to like, at, I remember at 11 o'clock, I said, I'm going to stop working. I'm going to spend time reading my Bible. And I don't know that lasted not very long because I'd end up being busy at 11 o'clock doing something else. And then I would miss it or had a meeting or who knows what. So yeah, you got to pick a time and stick to it. I think I'd agree. I, I think that's crucial to, to choose something that works for you. Some people are morning people can get up and have an hour and be ready to go and thinking and have a quiet time. That's great. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to catch 10 minutes before you go to bed. Um, whatever works for you. I think Aaron said it well, just you got to select the time and make it go. A lot of people though, tell me too, cause I hear this again, just having preached on this not that long ago. Uh, I hear people say, I don't know where to start. You know, I don't always understand what I read. Mm-hmm. How do you, how did you grow in that process? Cause obviously I mean, you're in ministry, mm-hmm. you've been to Bible college, you've been a minister a long time. You're an intelligent, mature Christian, but it wasn't always that way. How did, how did you be able to start and to understand what you're reading to get something out of it? Like my Bible reading journey is kind of interesting. Cause like, I didn't start reading the Bible on my own until I was probably like 17, 18. And I soon, soon went to Bible college. And so me reading the Bible for my own personal growth also came with me learning a ton of knowledge about the Bible, historical background, how it's made up, all this, this information from being in the classroom setting. Sometimes I, and maybe you feel this way too, sometimes like being in ministry, I wish I could pull myself out of my context and put in other people's context of not having a ministry degree and, and knowing how to interpret and study scripture, because I've heard that I get that question too. Like, how do I study the Bible? It's just, it's confusing. I don't understand it and all that stuff. And so, um, like you, when I tell people where to start, I start with the gospel, John, John's John has the most red letters. I think I don't, don't quote me on that, but I feel like a lot of it is Jesus <laughs> talking and not, like Mark is a lot of recording. Jesus is doing things, I feel like. And then also the book of James. James is just really practical. It's just, it, and it's like, it's like this, it's like thought after thought after thought. Uh, but then also I just encourage people. There are a lot of great resources to help you study the Bible and understand it. Um, like a typical study Bible is great to have. It'll give you some background information on every book and give you some study notes as you read through it. And that's always helpful because the thing we have to remember about scripture is it wasn't written to me. It wasn't written to you. It was written to people thousands of years ago. And so when we have these letters or we have this historical stuff that's written, like they're not talking to us in our context. So we have to understand their context and their historical stuff and what's going on. We just went through this with our students Um, One of my volunteers, Jesse, taught about this and did a really good job on how to, you know, first we have to figure out what happened in their town and then we have to bridge it into our town and then ultimately we apply it. So, um, yeah, so good, a good study Bible is really helpful. And then there's tons of other study materials too. You know, I use something, BibleGateway.com. You can spend $4 a month and you get all these resources, all these commentaries, all these Bible dictionaries and stuff. So that's really helpful. Um, for me, um, along with the other resources I have on my bookshelf. So, mm-hmm. 
I think the last class I taught at First Christian was how to study the Bible. Yeah. And uh, a lot of that, those things you mentioned, I talked about in class. I, I would agree. If, if you're wanting to and you've never done it and you're listening to Aaron and, and uh, me tonight or today or whenever you're listening, <laughs> uh, if you're listening to us, um, if you've never done it, kind of wanted to, the first thing I would encourage you to do, and Aaron already mentioned it, is to get a good study Bible. I would get a translation that's easy for you to understand, whether it's the NIV or whether it's a NLT. You know, get one of those study Bibles. You open it up. It'll be a Bible. It's bigger than a normal size Bible because it's got a lot of notes and stuff in it. And again, I agree with Aaron. Starting with the Gospel of John, I think, is a great picture of Jesus. And it gets right into the story. And so I, I would would start there. And I don't know what you think, Aaron, but I don't think you have to read a certain amount. I mean, I, I have encouraged people to read a chapter a day for or, you know, a lot of things like that. But I, I think if you get, get into the text and read the, for the time you have, and then ask yourself, what did that say? Look at the notes. What did it mean to the people who first read mm-hmm. it? And then ask yourself, well, what does it mean to me? Yeah. You're probably in a good starting point to understand scripture. So I, I, that's kind of how I would suggest people start. What do you have anything you would say or add to that? Yeah, I think sometimes like we want to consume a lot, which I get like, like the Bible's a big book. There's 66 books and the idea of like, we want to read all of it. And that's a great, that's a great accomplishment. Like people want to read through the Bible in a year, like, like thumbs up to you if that's what you want to do. But I feel like sometimes you can read three verses and be like, I feel like I need to sit in that for a while. Like I don't just need to move on from that. And so, like you said, yeah, I don't think there's any right or wrong amount. Like, especially if you're new to it, start with a verse a day. Like there's nothing wrong with that. I would always encourage people like, one verse has a lot more meaning when you read the verses around it, you know, like there could be a lot more to it. Like sometimes verses just stand alone and they're fine. But a lot of times there's a chapter before and a chapter after they have some context that helps you better understand that, that verse. Um, so I would just encourage people, you know, it's okay to take little chunks at a time. You don't need to read three or four, five chapters a day. You don't need to try to read through the Bible in a year. You just the idea of spending time reading God's word um, and letting it help you come to a better understanding who God is. Because that's why we want to read scripture. We want to know the words of God. Well, I agree. I, I think you have, I mean, that's great advice. And I would echo the same. I, I just would really encourage people to get in the word, have the word in them. Um, that's that's going to be powerful in your life. I, I look back when Jesus was tempted. How did he deal with temptation? He quoted the scripture. I mean, he 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 knew the scriptures and uh, challenged really challenged all of us to know. He he pointed out that he uh, didn't come to get rid of the law, but to fulfill it. And um, so I, I just think that it's important. Um, for us to do that. And, and that led me to, to ask you this question, Aaron, maybe we're shifting gears a little bit. You can shift us back if you want. You're the, you're the driver of the show. <laughs> but uh, my, my the next question to you is, I think we've told people about how much we read and we've told them about how to start reading and maybe a good suggestion about starting in the gospel of John or, or starting with the book of James. Those are good suggestions. 
But I was curious, this is a little bit more personal, but, and I'll answer it second after you, but what benefits in your walk with Christ have come to you because you are in the Bible? What impact has it had in your life? It's interesting asking that question, being a minister, because like, when I read the Bible on my own for like my own personal study and stuff, it's always drastically, or not drastically, it's a little different than when I'm studying the Bible, like if I'm preaching a sermon or teaching a lesson. Because when I'm preaching a sermon or teaching a lesson, like I, I go a lot more in depth of my study of the passage than I do on my own personal time. A lot of it is just time. And, and it's interesting, like, preaching a sermon or, or teaching a lesson, like I'm doing it to, to hopefully bless other people and my own, I'm just blessing me, but I put a lot more, I put a lot more effort into bless other people because I don't want to misinterpret scripture. I want to help people. I want to lead them. So I think the most fruit from me in scripture is when I'm prepping for a sermon or a lesson. And I think the the lesson there I would tell people is that means I'm just, I'm just swimming in a text. And that's something some Christians say to, or to make it fancy, but like, you're just engulfed in it. Like you're just living in it for hours. And then it like really appears to you in different ways. It helps you understand it. And so I think that's been the biggest benefit for me when I just spend quality time trying to learn from a passage and then learn how to apply it and teach it to other people. And so maybe I should do that every time I read scripture in the morning for myself. Like, okay, how would I teach this passage? You know, what would I do? You know, but like, really like i don't know i'm really into apologetics i'm really into defending my faith and i'm no expert at it by any means but like i want to know god's word to defend god's word like that's my thing i think that's been the biggest thing it's like i want to be able to stand up and defend my god who he i guess he doesn't need my defending but when people attack him i want to be like no that's not what the bible teaches that's not what scripture teaches and so I think my biggest benefit is like, I get to know who God is. I get to know who Jesus is. I get to know who the Holy Spirit is. And that's it. I'm, I'm curious to ask, you made some good observations. I'm curious to ask, have you ever found yourself thinking about a particular text that you started to study like for several days uh-huh. in a row? Ask that question again. Have you, like you're studying for a sermon or a lesson? And you find yourself meditating or thinking about that text like multiple days. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, it just happens because the writing process takes multiple days. So you're kind of thinking about it for multiple days. I, I just find that interesting that, that I, I think scripture, aside from what how we prepare, and, and I, I'm, I understand what you're talking about, about preparing sermons, preparing lessons and things. Um but, and I would agree with you, the more time I spend with the word, the more time, the more that I get from it and, and the more it stays with me um, and thinking about it and whether it's preparing a sermon or preparing a lesson or, or a devotion or sometimes just stuff I've read. I, I have, you know, I've read, um, it's, it's, um, it's a little bit odd. But I have a, yeah, I a card. <laughs> I have a card in my in my Acadia um, that says, uh, "Do not be afraid." Um, and I, I'm 
I'm drawing that back from the scriptures um, where the angels are speaking in, in Luke chapter 2, and they say, fear not and don't be afraid. And, and multiple times when they speak, they say that. And, and that one phrase for over a year and a half has kind of resonated with me. That's just a phrase. Mm-hmm. The application in the context is obviously specific to people that they're talking to, whether it be the shepherds or, or other angelic appearances who say, don't, you know, fear not, or don't be afraid. But I, I just think that that has been a resonating theme. I have thought about a long time in another verse lately um, that really has, has resonated um, with me uh, is a strange verse, but we talked about it a little bit today. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Um, I think that's in Philippians four. And um, I think um, about that passage of all the stuff going on in the world that changes all the time. And my life changes and family members' lives change and friends' lives change and the world's changing all the time. I, I like that there is a constant. I like that there is a fixed point around which I can anchor my life. It's like a hurricane blowing around. I got something fixed. The Bible gives me that because it reminds me that no matter how much things change around me, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Mm-hmm. So you bringing that up? So to me, you bringing all that up like makes me like. Our question is: what what role should the Bible play in the life of a Christian? So you're bringing up. I have these passages that have stuck with me over time for a variety mm-hmm. of reasons, and so. I know what the I know what I want to say and what the answer is. I think it's obvious, but I'm gonna turn it back on you. Based on what you're saying, mm-hmm. what what role does does the Bible play in the life of a Christian? Um, there's a lot of things that I can say that I gotta be careful not to say too much. Um, make it simple. Just state it off simply first. Let's start there. Yeah, I think I think the Bible is. God's message to me. I, I know that it's written in a particular people in context, but I think it speaks uh, across time, generation. I think it's God's message to me that provides um, the promise, the pathway to eternal life. It provides hope. It provides encouragement. It provides um, it challenge, conviction. Um, I think about, you know, what Paul wrote, Timothy, all scriptures, God breathed is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and all training in righteousness. I mean, we got St. Timothy 3, 16, 17. That's, that's pretty direct. Mm-hmm. And, and the Bible has done all those things mm-hmm. for me. I, I have been convicted by reading scripture. I have been um, brought to repentance. I've been encouraged. I've been challenged, motivated, told to not quit. All those things. Yeah. I think the Bible provides that. What do you think? Well, you, you, you said a lot of words, which were all really good and in a simple way. So it wasn't over too complicated, but like just recently t- teaching my students about this, like simply the Bible's role, I guess the roles it plays, it teaches us who God is and how to, to ultimately have a relationship with him. Like that's to me, like the simplest form it, tells us the story of who God is. And that's what we want to do. We want to know God. I think the role it plays, I think the, the question I was really asking is like, 
what role does it play in the life of a Christian? Like how, how important should it be in our, our lives? And mm-hmm. I kind of struggle with this. I wrote it down as I was doing my quiet time this morning is you brought up the, the Timothy passage that all scripture is God breathed, meaning the words in the Bible, mm-hmm. the words of God. But when I read the Bible, like right now I'm reading through first Corinthians, my first thought while I'm reading isn't, this is the word of God. My using my first thought is these, these are the words of Paul writing to a church in Corinth, but God gave Paul those words. And so they're words of God. And so if I want to follow God, the father, Jesus, the Holy spirit, I have to spend time with God. I have to know him and I know him from reading his Bible or reading the word. And like people said, like, I want God to speak to me. And I think everyone probably follows Jesus. We're like, man, I wish Jesus would just talked to me. It's like, you can literally open the Bible and he will talk to you. And to me that even I struggle with that too. I'm like, yeah, but like, is he really talking to me though? You know? And so if you're not in the word on a regular basis, like I won't be surprised if your life is a little hectic when it comes to following him, because the word of God is, is our direction. You know, it's just the same thing. Like if you don't take care of your body, your body's going to fall apart. If you don't take care of your car, it's going to break down. If you don't spend time with God, your faith is going to break down. I think that's a great, great point. Um, I want to follow up with that. I want to make correction. My, I think I said that Jesus Christ is the same passage in Philippians. It's in Hebrews, okay. Hebrews 13. That was wrong. I was wrong on that. Um, but I, I want to say your point. I thought it was really good. Um, I, I wonder, and I'll just ask a question. I, I wonder, can a person know God's will for their lives if they are not spending time in the word? I mean, that's the thing with scripture is you can read it once, but like, all right, I got it. I know it and stuff like that. Like I know God, I know Paul tells me to love my wife as Christ loved the church. I know I'm supposed to honor my parents. Like I know I'm supposed to um, give, not to worry, like all these things found in scripture. I can say I read it once. It's good, but it's like, it's like, we all need reminders. We forget stuff all the time. So it's like, and it's like with like, for instance, like me being a son to a mother and a father, like I like spending time with my parents. Like, yeah, I grew up around them. Like, all right, had my 18, 20 years with you. It's time to move on. Like, no, I want to go back to them and spend that quality time with them. Same thing with God. Like, So you, I guess you can know the general will of God, even if you don't spend scripture and all the time, but you can't spend, you can't keep following the will and direction God in your life. If you're not spending quality time in scripture. Well, I like, I like that answer. I think that's good. And I, I was and for my own processing, I guess I was thinking that I, I would agree that you can know the broad parameter god wants you to know jesus christ and be saved i mean you can't know that apart from scripture somebody could tell it to you but they're getting that from the words of scripture but um the question i would have is is that's it being in the word is how you're going to get to know at least it's the beginning point of how you're going to get to know jesus christ better i mean we, we also we want to know jesus more a lot of people want to have a closer relationship with Jesus. And, and like you said, they want him to speak to them. Uh, well, I've never heard the audible voice of Jesus speak to me. I know people have said that they have, and 
I don't have any reason to doubt him, but I just know that I've never had that. Yeah. But I am I am convinced that Jesus, through the, his word and the leading of the Holy Spirit, has spoken to me through the words of Scripture. And and I, I know that. And and I, I don't think I'm unique in that. I think that he'll speak to anyone who spends time in the world. Yeah. So to me, if you want to know Jesus better, that's the pathway. Mm-hmm. If, if you want to walk closer to Jesus, spend time reading what is said and what he mm-hmm. says and, and how it all fits together. Yeah. I, I don't think we, I don't think we should, should worship the Bible. We, the Bible points to Jesus Christ, but I, I don't think we should neglect the Bible yeah. either. You bring up a lot of good stuff. And I think that's good. And it just like, it brings up some things that I know that sometimes I think about, and I'm sure other people do who maybe struggle to read their Bibles and spend time in scripture is like, you talk about, like, I've heard the word of, I've heard God speak to me through scripture and I have too. And sometimes I want to tell people is every time you open the Bible and you read it, like if you always expect some earth shattering, some Holy spirit moving where you're like, Oh my gosh, this is what I need to hear today. This is exactly what I'm doing with like, that doesn't happen every time. Like they're, there could be days in a row where I'm just like, you know, that was a good read. I'm glad I read that. I'm glad, but it wasn't like, man, that's just something I'm, I was really strung with. Like you're going to read the Bible and it's just going to be, I read the Bible today. That was good. I know that, but it wasn't like, it was this spiritual epiphany, you know, like I want you to know, like that's. Sometimes it can be more than yeah. days. You can read it yeah. more than days and not have a spiritual. And the other thing is sometimes you'll read a passage, you read, like even like I went to Bible college, I spend time doing this stuff. Like I'll read a passage. I'm like, what on earth does this have? What's this even mean? Like, what are they talking about? You know? And, and some parts of the Bible are really boring. Like I was reading through the old Testament. I started from Genesis. I went all the way to Exodus 20 and I stopped because I knew after that it gets pretty boring with the laws. And I was like, I'll just keep reading. Um, and I got to like a couple chapters after the, the 10 commandments and it was some of the law and it wasn't bad, but then it was God telling the Israelites or telling Moses how to build a tabernacle, what the priest should wear. And I'm like, I, this does not, I don't, I'll be honest. I'd like, I don't know how to apply this to my life. I don't know how this applies to me anymore. Like other than like, God is a man of the details. He's really cares about the details, you know, but it's like five chapters of the details, you know? So like, it's okay to get to part of the Bible. And be like, yeah, I don't really feel like reading this. This isn't really hitting it for me. Like, that's okay. Like it happens. Well, not every part of the Bible is going to speak to you um, at every point in yeah. your life. Yeah, but there are lots of, I mean, the Bible is not, I do think it's one continuous theme throughout God pointing toward redeeming humanity, sure. but it is also a library of 66 different mm-hmm. books that describe yeah. that. So it's broader than, than that. But I also think this, and you probably had this experience too, um, as you read scripture, I, I've read multiple passages multiple times and it impacts me differently every time yeah. I read it because I'm in, it's not because the word's different. But it's because the application of the word hits me in a different stage mm-hmm. of life. And all of a sudden I see and think about things in a different yeah. way. So just because you've read something once, I would not say, well, I read Philippians. So I've already done that check box and move yeah. on. I, I think you can, you can continue to gain 
treasure from fields where you have already dug out some treasure. I had a conversation with a mutual friend of ours recently, and we talked about like, like drawing, drawing application from scripture. And I was like, the idea of the question was like, can people find different means from scripture? And we came to the conclusion, like there's always, there's usually a theological principle tell you something about God. That's always the same. That doesn't change, but sometimes the way you apply it to your life is, is what, what changes. And I think that sometimes, I think that's what we have to be careful about. Like we, you and I can't go like, you know, what did, what did, what did Jesus mean when he told Peter, you have little faith when he, he, uh, didn't walk on water for long enough. And it's like, well, there's a theological principle there that Peter doubted Jesus, but how I might apply that to my life in different stages might be different. And I think that's, I think that's okay. That makes sense. Yeah. That's a good caution because the words do mean what yeah. they say. I mean, the, you're right. There's a theological principle that isn't yeah. that's transcends time and generations, but how that principle hits my life. Mm-hmm. Well, you said it pretty well. It can change depending on where I'm at. For sure. So, the Bible is, like I said, it's a, a book. It's a collection of 66 books. It's got so much into it that we could spend. I mean, people spend their lifetime studying and stuff. And we just encourage people like, you just got to start. You just got to find a way to dive in and have good study material. Um, don't get discouraged when it's not hitting you the way you wanted to hit it. Or it's not, it's confusing because um, just like anything, Things can be hard and difficult, but that's part of the process of, of gaining knowledge and wisdom through reading it. If you're going to read for distance, like read a lot or try to read something, I would encourage you to start with the New Testament. I know that sounds weird because you usually start a book at the beginning. Yeah. But in this case, I think you should start the book in the middle. Um, especially if you're just new to that. Well, the that middle technically would be the book of Psalms. So come on, Bill. Well, yes. Yeah, well, with the beginning of the second yeah. testament, uh, let's start there, because uh, I think that will give you um, a lot of of what's the 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 climax, the theme, the thesis of the whole Bible is is right there. That um, you know, God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, have eternal life. If if the Bible were to have a thesis statement, I think John three sixteen might be it. Um, then everything points to that and his death, resurrection, and return. Mm -hmm. Then if you go back to the Old Testament, then you get to fill in the prequel information about how all that came to be and why that came to be. But it's, uh, I would, I would definitely start with the New Testament. And as you said, my favorite gospel to recommend is John. It used to be Mark because it was shorter, but I do think John, people are interested in who Jesus is. Mm -hmm. I think that while all the gospels do a great job of, painting the picture of Jesus. I think starting with the gospel of John is, is the place to begin. So I have one last question to end this podcast episode. And do you think people use the Bible or knowing the Bible as a, um, what's the word? Uh, what's the thing you use when you can't walk? Crutch. crutch. Thank you. Oh my goodness. As a crutch <laughs> to living it out. Uh, do I think people do that? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I and do. How, 
How do, uh, yeah, how do we help people? Because I, I see people do that too. It's like, they're so proud of how much they know the Bible. And we're talking about Christians here. But mm-hmm. I don't see them living it out. There, I would agree with you. That, and I mean, there are some very knowledgeable people in Scripture that were called the Pharisees. And, and they were the, the black hats mm-hmm. in our looking back over history, the, they were the bad guys in the story, but in, in their own culture and context, they were the most literate biblical people there were. They, they took that, they took the scripture seriously yeah. and they were all about that, but so they knew it, but what they knew didn't affect how they lived. It was, it was all knowledge that was used for, um, really self-promotion and, demoting mm-hmm. others and I, I do think that and I, i've talked to some students that at, at central i don't think that it's a lot of churches but i do think there are some that that get a little more legalistic with scripture mm-hmm. than others and that the bible knowing the bible becomes more important than knowing jesus the the purpose of the scripture at least and aaron said it and i believe it too the purpose of the scripture is to point us the way back to God through Jesus Christ and to introduce us to the Holy Spirit. And and the Bible is a tool for us to enter into that relationship. And the Bible is God's message for us. It's God speaking to us. No other generation broadly from, you know, around 400 AD 400 to now for the last, you know, 1800 years, nobody's ever had the Bible, the, the message of God, the words of God so succinctly put. Than, than people in the last 1800 years, which is not all that yeah. long. So we're, we're blessed to have it, but it is God's message, but it's all about pointing us to God. Uh, so I'm getting to the, I'll wrap up the point. So to me, I, I think the, the, the thing is, if, if the Bible becomes the end result, if it's the end goal to know the Bible, then I think we're missing the mark. If the end result is to learn scripture to better know Jesus, then I think we're on the right track because the the Bible should make us more loving, more humble, and more uh, hesitant to be critical of others. If it's making us more critical, more judgmental, and elevating ourselves, I think we're reading it for the wrong motives. Hmm. Yeah, and I would add to that too, like I agree with everything said, like add to it, like you should read the Bible to know Jesus so then you can share other people with you, share other people, Jesus, like, like the whole phrase, like people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Like mm-hmm. that sounds cheesy, but it, it's true. Like, like, I mean, some people who don't know the Bible that well lead tons of people to Christ. And I'm not saying you shouldn't know the Bible, but you should, you should know scripture, know the love of God through, through scripture. But like, man, like I just, I just get irritated with people so concerned about knowing scripture in such a way where it's like, when's the last time you talk to someone about Jesus? You know, like, like when have you regurgitate that information to somebody else? It's like someone used illustration. I saw recently. It's like, well, I might get to that but anyway, but yeah, just go, go. <laughs> No, the script. You, can, you, left, you left everybody wondering what the yeah, illustration Jesus, was. It's all right. One day they'll figure it out <laughs> when they ask me if they want to. If you really want to know, you can but, ask uh, people that the nineteen people that listen to this podcast. So we may yeah. grow. 
But uh, I, I will, I'll put it, and you said it too, but I, I think it's important to be in the Bible. And I think that we people should want to be biblically literate. We should want to know what God says. And so, but I, I, I think there's a difference between I want, I want to know what God says and you got to know the Bible. Um, you got to know the Bible comes from a legalistic mindset, but studying the Bible because you want to know what God says is different. Um, I think it's hard to apply that which you don't know. So I, I do want people to be in the Bible, but be in it for the right reason, the right motivation. That's that's critical. And, and you're right. You don't have to have been to Bible college. You don't have to have had advanced degrees and you don't have to know all the answers to share well Jesus with other people. I mean, it's as simple as knowing John three sixteen, which most people are familiar with and your own story with Jesus. And that, that alone is a powerful testimony, at least in my opinion. Yeah. Well, we could keep talking probably for another hour or so about the Bible and the role it plays in our lives and probably even more topics on, on scripture, but we will cap it at that. Um, we hope you were encouraged by our conversation about the Bible and we look forward to more conversations about a variety of different topics with culture, scripture, life as Christians. Um, so this is the end of that portion of our podcast. Now I want to go back to the condiments parts. Mustard. <laughs> back to the other area of fun. Really? That's your favorite condiment for a hot dog? <laughs> yeah, mustard is better than ketchup. I always choose them for mustard and then they race. So... I always would just have ketchup on a hot dog. I never really liked mustard. I always thought mustard was just a weird flavored thing. And then, you know, as you get older, like you order a quarter pounder with cheese at McDonald's and they put mustard on it. They don't put it on the Happy Meals. And they're like, hey, mustard's not so bad. So now when I eat a hot dog, I get ketchup and mustard and relish, cheese. Oh, not relish. relish. You don't like relish? I never cheer for, never cheer for relish, no. What's wrong with you? Don't like that one. Ketchup and mustard are good. I like both of them, but I like mustard a little bit. What do you eat with your chicken nuggets? You said you have a different choice with your chicken. Honey. Honey. Just honey? Straight up honey. honey. Not even honey mustard? I like honey mustard too, but I prefer honey. But sometimes when you say honey, they confuse and they bring you honey mustard. But I don't. You just use Chick-fil-A sauce, man. That stuff's that's the elixir from the gods. That's what they say. But and it's okay. I don't mind it, but I don't necessarily just love that. You should. It's good. Like I take a bath in it, man. I need it off. The, I need it off the ground. I'm not. I I, I wouldn't. <laughs> so you know, I love Chick Fil A. We don't have a Chick Fil A in Moberly. We have one in uh, Columbia, but but I do love Chick Fil A. Yeah, we have, we don't have Chick Fil A in Washington too. One day, maybe. You think? No, I have no idea. Who knows? I heard that before too, but it never there's happened a, when I was a in Japanese Washington. steakhouse going in um, past the Presbyterian Church sometime soon. Too. Boy, I'm very sad to not be there for the opening yeah, of that. One day, one day. <laughs> All right. Well, Bill, thanks for uh, another episode of We're Not As Dumb As We Think We Are podcast. Hey, Aaron, I am always glad to join you. And it's always good to talk to anyone who chooses to listen to us. Uh, I do appreciate you listening. And I appreciate Aaron inviting me to join him each week. Um, and he's doing a great job at FCC. So keep that up. Thanks. You're too nice, Bill. Well, all right. Thanks for listening. And I want to say thanks for playing, but you didn't play a game. That's what's saying on the radio every day on the sports radio.
Hey, I was going to ask you, did your mom listen to the podcast? She did. She told me she listened. So I expect her to listen to this one too. Yeah. When I get... Well, I want to say hi to your mom, Becky Pierce. She was it's on nice the airwaves. Me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, shout out. All right. Yep. Thanks for listening. And until next time, peace out.